News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekoler, Louisville Real Estate Show with you uh, for the next 30 minutes or so with uh, your questions and hopefully helping you with real estate. In the studio here, my buddy Kevin Disler with Pitt & Frank Attorneys at 895-9900. Good to see you, Mr. Hey, good Disler. Good morning, Bob. All righty. Also here in for Randy Rocky, Eddie Sexton. He did such a great job. Uh, last week, we we asked him to come back again. Thanks, Bob. I'll just take Randy's place from now on. There you go. Well, you'll have to fight Randy for that one. It's right. 753-1340 for Eddie. Swan Financial does great jobs with loans, and I will tell you, we personally use them, and they do a perfectly fabulous job. And you can reach me, 376-5483, to buy or sell. We desperately need homes to sell. We have sold so many last year. We don't have the total yet. We're closing in on about 400 for the year. Let's say 375 to 400 homes that we sold. But um, the problem is we've sold a lot of them, and now we need to really bring in some to be able to sell them. That's how we keep our buyer agents busy. We've got 19 buyer agents. So just if uh, you are thinking about selling, we desperately need them. We can sell them. It's a question of uh, when do you want to get to your next house? Call me and we will get that worked out for you. Three seven six five four eight three. To the phones we go. Good morning, Bob Sekoler, Louisville Real Estate Show News Radio eight forty WHAS. Good morning. Hi, Bob. This is Christy. Yeah. I bought a home last year, and the seller told me they would repair the basement leak after closing. But now, almost a year later, no repairs. Hmm. What can I do? So, Kev, it's been a year. I I don't think I'd have let that go that long. No. Usually, when you do a closing, I'll types of claims like that go away unless you you specifically preserve them post-closing so i'm not quite sure from the fact scenario here usually what we will do with the lender approval we'll escrow money until a professional could come in and take care of it and then they actually receive payment from the uh the escrow account because mm-hmm. you want to make sure is get it done by a licensed professional make sure it's done and it's done right and you have to have an independent third party hold the money so in this case if she just went with a Mere promise of handshake. A handshake. I don't know. Yeah, that uh, doesn't make. That's not so good, Christy. And and incidentally, for those of you, just to give you a little more detail on this, let's say you are buying a home, and the seller says, "Well, I meant to get that window replaced, but I never quite got to it because we're in the middle of moving." So what would happen is we would get an estimate from a window company. Let's say the window cost was three hundred bucks to replace. So what? Kevin would do is with his permission and not all closing attorneys will hold an escrow account open, you know, Kev. So thank goodness for, for Pitt and Frank mm-hmm. for doing that. So you'll hold not just 300, you'll hold one and a half times for 450. So they'll hold 450. And the reason they do that is so that if there is some overages that weren't accounted for in the initial estimate, that there's money in that account to pay for those overages and you as the new buyer uh, aren't being held responsible for paying those overages. Then once the new window goes in, uh, and the you as the buyer tell you call Kevin or Pitt and Frank say okay we're good to go, and you'll also check with the seller as well before sure. you disperse. They'll pay the window guy and everybody's good to go. Well, and one of the things that after closing sometimes they'll suggest hey can you just go ahead my my brother in law the plumber came by and took care of it could you just write the check out to me now in the situation where a loan is involved. Yeah. Uh, in, in most cases, it has to be approved by the lender in advance because they're collateral. 
And the other thing is they want to make sure a licensed contractor actually receives a check out of our escrow account. So no matter what the parties agree to, ultimately remember the lender has to know about it and has to approve it. That yep. is correct. And usually there's a limit on how much could be escrowed, up to about 5000 Once you go over that, and if it's a um, an issue with uh, safety, then then you're, you're not going to get it done before. Um, it's going to have to. Be, be fixed before, before it gets closed. Yeah, no matter what, you'll have to pull the right. hold the closing off. Yeah. Well, and sometimes, like you mentioned, how difficult it is to get a plumber yeah. in today's yeah. environment. Uh, if sometimes these come up right before closing. What are you going to do? In the cold weather stretch that we've had, right. if you have a plumbing issue, good luck trying to get it resolved in a couple of days. It's, yeah. it's just not going to happen. And this is happening, not only in our area, around the country with the weather that the, the country is seeing. Imagine trying to close on a home in Buffalo where they've got all that snow on a roof you don't know if the roof is in good condition before. You know, it's just a tough thing to do. But it gets done. One way or another, it gets done. All right, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. Bob Sekoler, Lua Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Hi, Bob. This is uh, Carol. Yeah, yeah. I heard a lender told me about an ARM, an ARM. What the heck is it? Right, and it's not the other thing that you're using to hold up your knife and your fork. It's it has. <laughs> what does ARM as an acronym stand for? Adjustable, Adjustable rate, rate mortgage. mortgage. Okay, and they can come in a number of fashions. They can be fixed for three years, or five years, or seven years, or ten years, or fifteen years, and then turn adjustable. And then there's all sorts of terms that they can adjust by, depending on the type of adjustable mortgage it is. So there's um. There is a uh, infinite number of types of adjustable mortgages, and then so you can adjust it every X amount of years, and then it could be adjusted by X amount of percentage points. Correct. So correct. There's two different adjustments that you're dealing with. They're generally fixed for a certain period of time, uh-huh. and then they're on an annual adjustment, which is tied to an index and a margin, whether it be the LIBOR or another index. And then they were going to tack on a margin. I'm getting a little technical, no, but, but yeah, got it. But I would have always thought, and tell me if I'm wrong, and don't be afraid to say, Bob, you're nuts. I've always thought that unless you're going to stay in the house for only a couple of years, you know, two, three years, go with a fixed-rate mortgage. Am I that, correct? That's always been my standpoint. Yeah. I'm conservative, so unless you know you're going to be in that house for a short amount of time and, and, and you're going to move out before the adjustment period begins, then I always suggest a fixed-rate mortgage. Yeah, when I was in the TV industry, you pretty much, for me, as a TV reporter at my beginning of my career, I would plan on moving. You know, you're going to move every two, three years because that's how you made more money in the industry and you got more visibility and into a bigger market. So for the first couple of years when uh, Noreen and I bought a home, we bought it with an arm. But then, um, you know, once we got to Louisville, that was – we fell in love with Louisville. I mean, and for so many reasons, So. That when we went by the wayside, we went with fixed mortgages. And anyway, reliving my memories, those are going down memory lane. Sorry. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning, Bob Sekuller, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Good morning. Hi, Bob. This is Amy. Yeah. I've heard you talk about um, an absorption rate on the radio. Mm-hmm. I asked my agent about it, but she's never heard of it. Can you explain it so she can understand? Yeah, interesting. So the absorption rate, and we talk about this as uh, often as possible. I don't want to bore everybody with this, but... Here's what this is, and Amy, you could explain this to your to your agent or have your agent call me, and I'm more than happy to help discuss it. So if we turned off the – here's a great analogy, especially with all the freezing that we had weeks ago with the weather. If we turned off the faucet of homes coming on the market as of, let's say, right now, boom, no more homes are on the market. 
the absorption rate is how long would it take the existing homes on the market to be bought or absorbed by the buyers that are out in the marketplace? And they use a formula that really breaks down buyer activity, number of homes going pending, number of homes on the market. Uh, and incidentally, we put together a report every Monday on our absorption rate um, and we could issue it, send it out to you. It's free of charge. Just email me, bob at com, and say absorption rate or um, turn off the faucet, something that I would know absorption rate, whatever, in the, head, in the subject line. So you basically put that in there, send it to me. And what it does is it tells you what price range, breaks down price range uh, from, you know, fifty to $100,000 and then up to a million plus. And so here's what we go by the, the scale that we look at. If we have more than a six-month supply, then it's said to be a buyer's market. So, again, six-month buyer. Five to six-month supply, neutral. Kind of not a buyer, not a seller. Anything less than a five-month supply of homes is a seller's market. For years, years, we were in a buyer's market. But a couple of years ago, things started to change. And now, anywhere between, say, hundred fifty to 100000 up to... Three hundred and fifty or four hundred thousand, depending upon the area of town, you are in a firm seller's market with maybe a month to two and a half months supply of homes. That's amazing. That's incredible, having that few of homes, which is why I keep saying you'll hear me say on a regular basis. Call me if you're thinking about selling because we get your top dollar and sell it fast if that's what you want uh, for your home. So anyway, three seven six five four eight three is my number. That's the absorption rate in a nutshell, Amy. Hopefully. You've got it, and you can use it to your advantage. And, again, we send that out free of charge on the absorption rate. Whenever you want on Monday, just send me an email and no obligation. Back to the phones. Good morning, Bob Sikilder, Louisville Real Estate Show. News Radio 840 WHAS. Good morning. Hey, Bob. This is Jennifer. Yeah. I bought a home and just moved in and found nail holes in the wall. I thought the seller had to fix those before we closed, and I wanted them gone. Yeah. What can I do? Yeah. Okay, so... There is a, a standard that um, we go by. So first of all, it, unless it's a brand new home, it, typically sellers are not going to be patching and painting. Uh, that just is nothing that's really done. But the standard that we say is if you can fit your pinky into a hole, then it should be patched by the seller. Have you guys bought homes recently, Eddie? Nope. Not recently? Fif- 15 Ken? years ago. Okay, been 15. A while. Been, been a while. while. Yeah. So it really... it really comes down to, and if you if you really want to, you should have your buyer's agent write it into the contract. Not so smart to do because it's kind of a nuisance type of thing. But in the case of the house that Sandy and I bought last year, there were some more home nails already up, and we didn't expect the sellers to take them down. It was perfectly fine. In fact, we used those nails to put our pictures up. And then when we had time, we moved them to the location, and we did a little putty patch. It's very simple. You go to Home Depot or Lowe's or any of uh, the hardware stores and get some joint compound and put it in there, sand it down, and typically you're going to paint anyway. By the way, if you are thinking of painting your home, you know, we've got, one of the things that's great about this team that we've developed is we've got some great folks on staff. So, for example, Eddie, we've got your Swan group, which is great for loans. We've got Kevin and Pitt and Frank uh, for closings that do a great job. But we also have this painting crew that goes in and paints at an incredibly cheap price and blows everybody away. So if you want this painter, so in this case, 
uh, what I'm saying to you, Jennifer, if you want those nail holes patched, and this group does this as well, very cheap. Get, call them in for an estimate. Call me, and I'll give you the number. And for, this offer goes out to anybody, um, and I won't recommend anybody, just so you know, unless uh, they've done a job and we get good feedback on them. And if they don't do, uh, don't get good feedback, we don't recommend them. Well, I was just going to follow up to your comments, Bob. Yeah. I mean, the general standard is broom clean. You know, people have always heard that. People mm-hmm. always kind of wonder, well, what does that mean? You broom clean. It's kind of a reasonable person standard. Yeah. You know, if, I, if, if you're buying my house and you're a reasonable person, a few nail holes in the wall, I think most reasonable people would say, well, that's acceptable. So, that, you know, that's a general standard when you, when you move out of the house. Yeah. No, no kidding. If by chance you are thinking about selling, you'd like a kind of a guide of what to do, what to get ready. We have got it more than 150 to 200 steps, things point by point. Send me an email, steps, 150 steps, bob at com, and we will send that out to you ASAP. Again, no obligation, no cost. It's just very simple, very easy, and I think it will help you as we get ready for the big 2018 home selling market, which should be coming up in the next month or two to start in earnest. In the studio, we're take a break. When we come back, we have got 10 insanely easy 60-minute home improvements to do before you sell. When we come back, we will talk about that. In the studio, Kevin Dissler, Pitt & Frank Attorneys, 895-9900. Also, Eddie Sexton at Swan Financial, Info Randy Rocky, 753-1340. And you can reach me, Bob Sokol, anytime, 376-5483. We're back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. Need a home loan or refinancing? You need to talk to Randy Rocky at Swan Financial. Why have they become so popular? Because of our programs, our service, and our competitive rates. And now listen to this new program from Swan Financial. Yes, we have a 1% down program that also you will get 2% grant money from the investor. Call Randy Rocky today at 866-766-1920. Swan Financial, NMLS 2473 and 26362. Equal housing opportunity. Call for additional cost information. Other restrictions may apply. Did you know that federal law gives the buyer in a real estate transaction the right to choose who conducts the closing on their home purchase or refinance? Tell your realtor and loan officer to select Louisville's choice in real estate closings. Pitt and Frank, LLC. Serving homeowners for over 25 years, we are a trusted source in the real estate business where licensed attorneys close your transaction. Rely on the best, rely on us at Pitt and Frank, LLC. 895-9900. That's 895-9900. In the real estate market, sellers and buyers have great expectations. And as a real estate agent, you take pride in fulfilling them. But some things are beyond your control. So what can you do? Choose Home Warranty of America's 13-month plans. HWA plans cover the home buyer against any breakdowns or repairs, keeping you and your clients safe from any covered claims. We offer comprehensive plans with competitive pricing, and our dedicated team will work with you every step of the way. To learn more, contact HWA today. When homes are selling fast, who can ensure you'll get the most money for yours? 
I'm Barbara Corcoran, and I've managed agents who have sold homes for thousands of dollars over list price. The key is to hire the agent with a smart, aggressive marketing plan. In Louisville, no agent sells more homes than Bob Sokola. His marketing attracts over 1,000 buyers month after month and allows him to put an immediate cash offer on your home and offer flexible fees. Go to WeSellLouisville.com and get top dollar for your home. News Radio 840 WHAS. Hope you're having a good Sunday morning in the studios with us. Eddie Sexton with Swan Financial at 753-1340. Also, Kevin Diss, our Pitt & Frank attorneys, 895-9900. Our thanks to Barbara Crookren of Shark Tank fame. Uh, we really do sell a lot of homes. We'd love to help you. You can reach me, Bob Stokoler, at 376-5483, just about any time. Sometimes my phone rings even during the show. Uh, we've got 20 total, so we're going to do 10 this show and 10 next week. These are easy 60-minute home improvements before you sell. Okay? Here we go. You want to freshen up an old room with paint. Pick a bold color. Use it to paint just one wall in a room. And covering only one wall will also save you money because you're not painting the whole room. But that one call, one room is an accent point. Okay? Switch out your faucet. You're sick of your drab kitchen faucet? Really, you can do this yourself with a wrench. It's easy. Install the faucet. And if you need to, you call a plumber in. But it helps give the kitchen a whole new look. Clean your dryer ducts. That's important. And quite frankly, it's a safety hazard if you don't. Have you gentlemen cleaned your dryer ducts recently? I don't think I have recently enough. Bob. No, huh? Mm, probably mm. never, actually. The, and the, Okay, so there are companies that can do that for you for a relatively inexpensive amount of money. But... Uh, Buildup also affects efficiency and a risk of fire. So you clean the ducts. First, you need to use some muscle, move the dryer. I know I've told Sandy I'm going to move ours and do it in our house. Move it away from the wall. Use a vacuum. Unplug the dryer. Disconnect the ductwork and vacuum out the ducts as well as the back end of the dryer. Trust me, this do this while it's cold so you don't have to worry about it. When it's, Did you say Sandy was going to move the appliances? No, no I was going to move the appliances. <laughs> Sandy's, Sandy, Sandy will look at me and go, do it. And I'll have to do that. Yep. Inspect your electrical, uh, and this is really smart. We're not talking about opening up your box, your electrical box, but just do an audit of your electrical outlets for child-proofing purposes. Maybe you've got kids or grandkids coming over. Uh, insert outlet covers into the unused wall and power strip outlets. Secure any loose wires. And for general safety, look for overloaded circuits and power cord, cords that, that need to be adjusted or replaced or might be frayed. You know, that's always important. For when it gets a little warmer out, you can build a raised flower bed, eight-foot square garden. In fact, the guy by the name of Mel Bartholomew wrote a book. I still remember it to this day, Square Foot Gardening, fabulous book. I don't know whatever happened to Mel, but he was a great guy, great gardener. Anyway, so these are eight-foot, basically, and uh, you plant your flowers or your vegetables in the bed, and it raises it so you don't have to bend over as much, and it's a little neater. Scrub your pathways as the... We get through the end of winter, which I know is only a couple of months away. So we're going to want to get things looking spruced up. You want to scrub either use a pressure washer. makes it easier. Just scrub down the driveway. You can rent them. You can buy a cheap one. I bought a cheap one for 100 bucks. does a decent job. You go more expensive. It does a better job. Update your hardware. Once you select maybe new doorknobs or cabinet pulls, easy enough. Go to the local stores, and then you can do them yourself with nothing, nothing more than a screwdriver. Grime your house using a water pressure washer again, the same washer. 
no need to crawl onto the roof to clean your gutters. Just aim it and spray. They've got special chemicals that you can add to that. Just be careful about your plants below. Install weather stripping for the, the winter months, let's face it. Adding some weather stripping. Or I just ordered uh, last week that thing that fits on either side of your door. We have a door where there's a draft, and I don't want to take the door off in the cold weather to put new weather stripping on. So I went on Amazon, and I, there's this thing. I forgot what it's called, but you've seen it advertised on TV, yeah. right? So it, flits, it's, it sits basically, it slips around the bottom of the door on the front, inside and outside, closes it, kills the draft. So it's temporary fix. It actually works. Yeah, and, well, I'll let you know okay. in the future weeks there, yeah. And then, of course, most importantly, right now, this weekend, if you can, go look at your furnace filter, get the measurement off of it, and go get a replacement furnace filter. Buy a couple of them, three-pack, six-pack, and then be doing that on a regular basis. They say they recommend every three months. Um, new filter will substantially reduce the number of airborne dust particles as well as improve efficiency on your heating system and when your cooling system as well in the uh, wintertime or summertime. Back to the phones we go. Good morning, Bob Sekulder, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHS. Good morning. Hey, Bob. This is Misty. Yeah. Uh, I'm searching for a lender when I am going to buy a new home this year. When I do an Internet search for the best rates, I see some pretty low rates. Uh-huh. But a friend told me that when they used one of these Internet companies, they ended up paying a lot more than they were quoted. So can these Internet lenders be trusted? Mm, I've always said you always want to deal with somebody local. Eddie? Your thoughts on these internet lenders? I won't use names, but your thoughts? Well, with my experience, they usually don't deliver what you find on the internet. They have a nice lead-in. They usually have um, the hidden part of the rate that they advertise. There's usually uh, one or two or several points involved to get that rate, so it's really not exactly what it seems to be. I always liked being able to go in. If there's a problem, I want to go into a location locally that I can talk to the loan officer face-to-face and say, okay, what's going on? Where's the problem? Where's the communication breakdown? On a uh, phone call, on an Internet-based thing, uh, who knows where they are? And you, huh? could, you could end up working with a loan officer that's been in the business for six months, and yeah. you're, and you're, and you're uh, letting them handle yep. uh, maybe one of the largest transactions of your life, yep. and they might really not know what they're doing, and you just don't know. So it, it is better to deal with someone local face-to-face. Yeah, I, I think, interestingly enough, you know, they've got these slick commercials that are running on TV, but that doesn't always translate into the best service. I know yeah. that one of the most popular ones, um, their loan officers are like a revolving door. So you're most likely to get someone that's very inexperienced if you if you start to work with them. Interesting. They flipped hamburgers the week before. Right. Back to the phone that we go. Good morning, Bob Sekuller, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Hello. Hey, Bob. It's Tony. Yeah. Uh, create a B&B out of my home in J-Town. Can I do that? I've heard there's some people are having problems with that. I don't think you're far off the mark there. Have you heard what's going on in J-Town? With, no, it's, you know, a, it's a zoning issue. Yeah, so apparently, and I, uh, this is coming from one of my clients, uh, they, they've enforced a regulation that the, if someone rents the home, it has to, if someone's not living there full-time, they have to be there uh, for 30 days at a time which goes against being able to rent it as a B&B situation, which yeah, could be overnight guests, right? Well, and some of the lenders actually in a few of the packages we've recently had, they have something where you're saying I'm buying it a single family, yeah, which is the best rates available, and you actually sign off to the lender that you're not going to use it for transit slash hotel purposes. Mm. And there are just a lot of 
communities that do not want to, and I think Louisville has it three different categories, where you live there, uh, and, and I guess what the real crackdown is, if you don't live there, you buy it specifically to Airbnb it. Yeah. And, and uh, a lot of the communities are having some pretty significant restrictions on that. This only appears, from what I'm hearing, in Jefferson Town. In other parts of the city and other counties, not such so much of a problem. Have you heard anything more about it? Mean, I think the city of Louisville has discussed restrictions on this. Yeah. And, again, there's three different categories, and just the second one doesn't come to mind. But it, if, it's your, if it's your house and you're occasionally running it out, uh, and you're not going to be there versus renting it out while you're there. Some people actually rent out rooms. I don't do Airbnb, and it seems kind of like why well, I would want to rent out a room in New York where a family's living there. But mm-hmm. apparently a lot of people do, and it's very profitable. But it if is. you're a neighbor, yep. sometimes do you have bachelor, bachelor, bachelorette parties next door? So you can see how the neighborhood and the residents really want to have some control over this. Yeah, I would tell you as a p- prospective buyer, if that's what you're thinking, you want to do some due diligence and check the regulations, not only in, say, the town, a city, a third-class city that you might be living in, but also in the neighborhood. See if there are restrictions with the homeowner association because there could be some things that could be detrimental to your plan for putting together a bread and, be- well, a bed and breakfast. And we've had a couple. They, they bought it, and they signed, well, you're not intending to use this for yeah. transient Airbnb. No, we're yeah. not. Then you find out afterwards it's exactly what they're doing. Eesh. All right. If you want to see what sellers are saying about us, head to LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. Again, www louisvillesellerstalk.com. Back to the phones. Hello, Bob Segoler, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Good morning. Hi, Bob. This is Lynn. Yeah. And I just heard a story, and I wanted to know if it's true. Is it true that the Amish are selling land in Pennsylvania and moving here to Henry County? All right. So it's interesting. Um, and, Eddie, you're, you made a face on that. I actually have been doing some research on this. And th- there is some truth to this. If you do a, um, a search, a Google search, for Amish moving out of Pennsylvania, they are supposedly finding a variety of areas that they're moving to. And I think they make great neighbors. I have nothing negative against them. But uh, one of the things that was mentioned was Henry County in one of the articles that I read. Do a Google search, and you'll see it. Interesting. I know there's a lot of Amish in southern Kentucky down around the land between the lakes area. There's uh-huh. a lot of Amish down that way, but wonder why they're moving out of Pennsylvania. Well, the, uh, one of the articles that I read had cited the fact that they can get top dollar, more money than uh, ever before for the land that they own, and that they can buy more land than uh, they ever had before for less money in some parts of the country, including Henry County. So uh, as a realtor, I'm tracking, anytime I hear or get a call or a client calls me about this, I start doing some research. And that's just what I found so far. Again, this is subject to change naturally. But if you're interested in this, because it could mean a lot of different industries coming to our area. You know, one of the big builders in town uses Amish uh, builders. Uh, the, the workload, they do a great job using them to build their homes. So we'll see what happens. Back to the phones. We've got time for one final call. Good morning, Bob Sikolder, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Good morning. Hi, Bob. This is Frank. I just want to know, is it ethical for an agent to represent the buyer and the seller both? Yeah, Frank, in a short, and Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, as long as both parties agree in in writing that it's uh, allowed to be done. Yeah, it's called dual agency. 
and provided that there are proper disclosures from the agents and there are certain forms you have to fill out. And I think the agent, if, the, if there is or ever is some type of a conflict between the two, do you have to kind of step out and have the broker take one side? Yeah, uh, I do not like being a, uh, on both sides, both the buyer side and seller side. And I don't mind, we're still dual, dual agents. I don't mind one of my agents, buyer agents, being on the buyer side, of course. But I, I sleep better knowing if any seller talks to me about uh, their what their thoughts are, plans, that stays with me. It never is shared. And they don't have to worry about me sharing it because I'm never working with a particular buyer. I'd rather keep it that way. There's there there are seldom few that that actually works and works well for both parties. Yeah. Most of the time, it, it it's a good idea to have realtor representing both sides. Kind of like I can technically, let's say, change the rules. It's been a long time since I did a divorce where you yeah. can represent both spouses. Yeah, but it's not divorce. so good. Yeah. Well, but you have to assume that there's going to be no conflict. Yep. So that, again, it's allowed as long as it's in writing. No one has a problem with it. We are out of time. Kevin Disler, thank you for being here, sir. Thank you, Pitt and Bob. Frank Attorneys, 895-9900. Also here from uh, Swan Financial, Eddie Sexton has done a great job filling in for Randy Rocky. You can reach Eddie at 753-1340. Thank you for being here, buddy. Thanks, Bob. And you can reach me anytime on my uh, cell phone. I try to keep it running day and night. At least I try at uh, 376 that's three seven six five four eight three. See you next week on News Radio eight forty WHAS.